All right, good morning. <clears throat> if uh, you're one of those people, it takes you a little while to get to the place in the Bible that I say. We go through them kind of fast. So we're going to start in Psalm 86 is where we'll be. And then, uh, and then we're going to be in Lamentations and Proverbs. And so just stick with me. But we're going to start in Psalm 86. So if you want to find that, kind of put a thumb hold there. You don't have to be there yet. But that's, uh, that's where we will head today, okay? <clears throat> Give you a second to do that. Awesome, awesome. Guys, we, um, we naturally want other people to share in the things that we enjoy. Uh, it, it, it's, just, it's just something we do, right? And we find that in the way, like we go see a really good movie and we tell our friends, oh my gosh, you've got to go see that movie. It was awesome or, or it scared me to death. You should go see that. Or we read a good book and we're like, oh, this book was so good. It, 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 I just got so much out of it. You, you should pick up this book. You should read it. We just naturally we go to a restaurant and eat something that just blows our mind. And we're like, oh my goodness. Do you know there's a place in Austin where everything is served on a donut for crying out loud? You've got to go try that. Um, we, we do those kind of things. We, we tell people about the things that we enjoy because they were meaningful to us and we want them to be meaningful for other people. And so um, this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you guys um, something that's really meaningful to me. And so of all the habits that we've talked about uh, to this point, I'm going to tell you guys that in my walk with Christ, the habit of grace that I'm going to share with you this morning is, is, is probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite. Uh, I think back um, in the days when Oprah Winfrey was on television, she, her, her biggest episode was my favorite things. You guys remember that? And everybody that showed up in the audience would get everything that was her favorite. So it was like, jeans, these are my favorite. This is my favorite. Like, you got all that stuff for free. So, um, well, this morning, I gave, you, I gave you one thing for free, and I'll explain it in a little bit, and, and how to use it, and, and all those kind of things. But I just want to tell you, in my walk with Christ, and, and many of you know my background, some of you are new and you don't, um, I wasn't raised in church. I came to know Christ when I was 20, and, and so from a very early spiritual age, not physical age, but from a very early spiritual age, somehow, uh, I can't remember if somebody taught it to me or I just picked it up, but this discipline, this habit became part of my life. In, in all of the habits that, that, that I participate in and I try to hold to, I want to tell you, I don't know that there's another habit that has ever made me feel closer to God, has ever helped me focus on Him more, or, and, and has ever really revealed to me um, really the, the inner workings of my own heart. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about, guys, is the habit of journaling. The habit of journaling. As we continue to kind of these habits of grace, we're in this season where we're talking about having the Lord's ear, and journaling falls under this category of prayer. And so please join me in a word of prayer as, as we seek kind of the Lord's face about what he might have to say about this habit called journaling. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this time and for meeting with this Holy Spirit. Wow, wow. Man, your presence in this place is amazing. And when you gather us together in your name and all of our differences are dropped and we don't care about who's where and what or who makes better grades or who has a higher paying job and we just all come together and we, we say, God, we need you. And, and that was just so sweet. Holy Spirit, we're going to ask in a very similar fashion right now that you would meet that powerfully with us as we seek to study your word. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you're the teacher of this church. And so we ask you to come and take your rightful place in our pulpit. And we pray that you would exalt Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus, as you are exalted, um, your word says that you would draw all men to yourself. And we pray this morning that you draw our hearts to you. And that you would show us any areas that we need to improve. 
uh, that you would point out any sin in our life, anything that we have not let go of, that we would release that control to you. And Jesus, that you'd be glorified as you transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray and we ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't want to waste uh, a lot of time, and so I, I've got two things that I just need to get out in the open this morning. So if we're going to talk about journaling, um, there are two things that I need to confess when we talk about this discipline. And the first one, um, is that off back there? That's not helpful, um, but uh, it is. But the first one, I have written notes too. Uh, the first one I want to share with you guys is this. There is no place in Scripture where journaling is commanded. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about it. It is a habit. I want you to know through the history of, of Christianity that many saints have practiced this habit and it has blessed them greatly. But you need to know from the onset, there is no command that says that you have to journal. Okay, you're just not going to find it. Now, there are places in scripture where God says to somebody, I want you to write this down. Right? In fact, like in the book of Revelation, God says to John, Revelation 119, he says, therefore, write what you have seen, what is, and what will take place. He's like, John, you better write it down. And that's kind of what the Bible is. The Bible is, is a collection of writings that God said, hey, you better write this down. I'm speaking, you better write it down. I'm talking, you better write it down. I'm revealing myself to you, you better write it down. So the Bible, when you think about the treasure that we have in Christ, the Bible is really here because God said, hey, it's important to write things down, okay? But we, we start with this truth, like journaling is not commanded, okay? Now, coming off of that truth is this, the second one, which is really helping build my case for why we need to do this, right? The second truth is that um, there's no evidence that Jesus ever practiced the habit of journaling, right? It's just, it's not in there. I wish it was in there, but it's not. We don't have record that Jesus withdrew to a lonely place, and there he pulled out a scroll and a pen, and he began to jot things down. Like, it's just not in there. Writing wasn't that common, um, and, and so I just, it, it just, it wasn't there. It wasn't like today. We, we have the ability to uh, put things on our, on our phone. We have, we have the ability to type things on our computer, and we always have pen and paper around, um, but we don't have any example of that. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Jason, you're not making a very strong case for your favorite habit of the Christian life. You are absolutely correct, right? But I don't want to mislead you either. I think it's important that we're just honest about what the scripture says and about what the scripture doesn't say. So the scripture never says that journaling is commanded, and it never says that Jesus did it. Okay, we clear? All right? Now we start there, but then we go here. This is the third thing I want you to understand. It's kind of a big deal. All right? The Bible is full of writings that can be classified as examples of journaling. Okay? The Bible is chock full of writings that could be classified as journaling. For instance, the Psalms, right? Many of the Psalms are prayers to God. They are written prayers to God. That's what we would classify historically as journaling. Okay? The Lamentations, again, they're cries to God. Gut-level cries, like, God, I'm alone. God, I'm, I'm hurting. God, where are you? The, the, that, that kind of honesty, that's something that, that we find in the Scriptures. And we would, again, classify that as journaling. Some may even say the documentation of the Gospels. Well, look at the great thing that God has done. That's one of the things we journal about. Oh, God, you moved this morning. You changed my heart this morning. You, you worked a miracle. I've been praying for, for so-and-so, and this morning they walked the aisle and they gave your life to you. God, I'm going to write it down because I never want to forget this day, right? And, and, and so we see some of that too. And so what I want to do is I just want to share with you a few examples, and, and we're going to start by reading Psalm 86. So Psalm 86, just, just quite simply, is, is labeled in my Bible, a prayer of David. A prayer of David. I want you to notice it's a written prayer of David. It's recording. That's what we, when we talk about journaling, that's one of the things we're talking about. We're just, just writing our prayers, praying to God. I'm being honest with him. And so uh, Psalm 86, starting in verse 1, says, Listen, Lord, 
and answer me. That's kind of a, a beginning of expectation, Lord. I'm expecting you to do something. He says, for I am poor and I am needy. Protect my life for I am faithful. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant's life because I appeal to you, Lord. For you, Lord, are kind and you're ready to forgive, abounding in faithful love to all who call on your name. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea for mercy. I call on you in the day of my distress for you will answer me. Lord, there is no one like you among the gods and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name for you're great and you perform wonders. You alone are God. Teach me your way. Here comes that that gut level prayer, right? Teach me your way, Lord, and I'll live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. Some of you in this room have struggled with that kind of division in your heart, haven't you? You you want to love God with everything that you are, but you feel like you're going in a million different directions all the time. And just listen to the honesty. God, I don't want to be divided. Give me an undivided heart. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and I will honor your name forever for your faithful love for me is great and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. God, arrogant people have attacked me. Right? A gang of ruthless men intends to kill me. They don't let you guide them, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your female servant. Show me a sign of your goodness. My enemies will see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. Our staff meeting this week, we read Psalm 88 which isn't a psalm of David, but it's, it's the same thing. You see the kind of gut level cry, Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayers reach your presence. Listen to my cry, for I've had enough troubles, and my life is near Sheol. I'm counting amongst those going down in the pit. I'm like a man without strength, abandoned amongst the dead. I'm like slain, lying in the grave, who you no longer remember, and who you're cut off from your care. Like, that's, like somebody's being honest with God. They go, God, I feel like you don't care about me. And that's what we find in some, it's this honest prayer to God, right? Turn with me to the book of Lamentations, if you don't mind. It's a few books over. It's a few books over, right after the book of Jeremiah, we find Lamentations. I'm in Lamentations chapter 5. And again, I, I just I want you to hear what we would consider to be a written prayer. This is a prayer for restoration Jeremiah writes, Lord, remember what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our houses to foreigners. We have become orphans and fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We must pay for the water that we drink. Our wood comes at a price. We're closely pursued. We're tired. No one offers us rest. We made a treaty with Egypt and with Assyria to get enough food. Our fathers sinned. They no longer exist, but we bear their punishment. Slaves rule over us. No one rescues us from them. We secure our food at the risk of our lives because the sword in the wilderness, our skin is as hot as an oven from the ravages of hunger. Women have been raped in Zion, virgins in the cities of Judah, princes have hung up by their hands, elders are shown no respect, young men labor at millstones, boys stumble under the loads of woods, the elders have left the city gate, the young man, their music, joy has left our hearts and our dancing has turned to mourning. Wow. It's just this gut level, honest prayer to God, right? 
It's gut-level, honest prayer to God. And so we start here when we talk about the habit of journaling. Somebody says, but it's not, it, it's not in the Bible. It's not commanded in the Bible. You're right. Somebody says, but Jesus didn't do it. You're absolutely right. But you know what? There are people throughout the history of this faith thing, this people of God thing, that have written down their prayers to God. Their utter, honest cries for help and for mercy. And throughout the history of the world, God has blessed them. Remember what habits of grace are about. You remember them, right? They're not magic. It's not we rub a lamp and something happens, but it's rather that God, in his foreknowledge, has put forth ways of which he blesses his people. And so we look for the historic past through which God's grace flows, and, and we don't try to change it. Rather, we place ourselves in it to let it wash over us. And so historically, what we see is God has blessed people that seek out his heart through this discipline. And so that's why we're going to talk about it. So let's talk a little bit about what it is and why we do it. Okay, number four, um, journaling is about honestly coming before God and pouring out our hearts. I would tell you the key to the whole thing is honesty. I'd just be honest. And, and in fact, I would, I would say this, if, if you're not going to be real with God, if you're not going to be forthright, if you're not going to be straightforward with God um, in writing, then don't do it <laughs> because it's going to be pointless. <laughs> We've got enough pointless things in the world today. So, so this is one of those things, we, we be honest, we've got to be brutally honest. And, and one of the things we're going to do is we're going to pour out our hearts to God. Now, how many of you ever feel that it's difficult to communicate your feelings to anyone else? Do you ever feel that way? Like your, your emotions are all over the map and, and it's just like if you tried to tell, well, how do you feel about such and such? And you're like, and you said 15 different things and none of it made sense, Right? Because that's my mind. My mind is there. It's in about 15 million places. And so you're like, well, how do you feel about your wife? Well, I love her. Well, what does it mean? Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I love her. She's awesome. She does this for her. Right? But, but sometimes what we have to do is, is we have to focus our hearts. We have to take all the stuff going on in our life. And one of the things about us, guys, is we are anxious people. Right? That's why the Bible says don't be, be anxious about nothing. But in everything, through prayer and petition, present your requests to God, right? Because God knows we're anxious people. And one of the things we're anxious about, we never have rest in our minds and our hearts, right? Because we're constantly thinking, marinating, changing. And so one of the things that journaling lets you do is you finally get to kind of throw up on the page. (laughs) Here's all of it, Lord. And you get it out. And when you get it out, you can find rest. And and this is what I'm going to submit to you. I think that's biblical. I think that's biblical. Check this out. Psalm 62.8 says this. Trust in him at all times, you people. Ready? Pour out your hearts before him. That's spiritually what that means, right? That's, that's, okay, that's the J-E-V. Um, but, but, you know, I'm just saying. So trust in God at all times. Pour out your heart. Like God is saying, like, trust me and give me all the stuff that you're anxious about. Give me all the things that are going on in your mind and your heart, the things that you're grappling with, the things that you're stressed out about. Give them to me in prayer. Come to me in prayer. Don't let your heart be troubled. You trust in God. Trust also in me. This is the word of God. Just trust me. Give it to me. Pour it out to me. Donald Whitney says we tend to feel most deeply about what we think most deeply about. Guys, uh, you want to improve your marriage? Ready? Take all the things in your mind that are flowing around about your wife, put them on paper. Actually take the time 
to not think, hey, she knows what I'm thinking. She knows how I feel. And really tell her, like, 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 like literally put on paper, hey, you say one kind thing to me and I feel like I can conquer the world. Right? Say like, hey, hey, when you smile at me, it makes my whole day. I mean, my whole day. Like, I'm a different person because of your smile. It's that infectious. Tell your wife, like, hey, I, I love it when we're in a room full of people and you just, we, we connect and we see each other eye to eye. And man, in that minute, I feel like nobody else is there. I mean, just take those things, the way that you feel, the way that you never express yourself, and you put them on paper in something powerful. I'll just tell you, it'll transfer your merit. The same is true with your relationship with God. Because here's the deal. It's not just that those words change my wife's heart, but those words change my heart because I begin to realize what a treasure she really is. Do you see what I'm saying? It's this beautiful two-way street. And, and guys, we live in a world where the truth is like, we know, what's the greatest commandment in all of Scripture? Let's say it out loud. Are we in the library? Okay, what, what's the greatest commandment? What is wrong with you people? That doesn't sound loving. That doesn't sound... Like, uh, you know what that sounded like? I'm just going to be honest. I'm not trying to judge you, but I'm going to a little bit. right here. That just sounded like that's the greatest burden in the world. What's the greatest commandment in Scripture? Love the Lord with everything you have. It's not very fun. Like, okay, so I'm just... Like, like it... Like, just try it one more time, even if it's just for my sake. I pray it's not. But, but how, what is the greatest commandment? All, what is our greatest pleasure in life? Ready? Okay, that's it. My greatest pleasure in life is to love God with everything that I am, with everything that I have. Like, that's the greatest commandment. That's my greatest pleasure. That's where I'll find my greatest gain is right there. Loving God with everything that I am. Okay? Like, that, 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 is, that, is, that is the truth. Now, we profess that. But like we professed it, we often don't do it. We treat loving God like it is a chore, like it is a burden. Okay? And just like we say, love the Lord your God with all of your... That's how we feel. So we say, God, I love you. But we don't ever take really the time to express our love for him. Take the time to really think deeply on how much he means to us. Allow him to, to search us in, in, in the most intimate ways, which is what love is about. And what I'm saying to you this morning is we, we've got to do that, okay? Uh, Hope is, um, she, says, she says I talk about her all the time, and she's here, so I am this morning. Um, but I truly would not know this fact without you in my life. And so it's just so beneficial that evidently there is... Um, uh, Top Gun 2 is coming out. Have you heard this? My, my wife was the first one to tell me. Did y'all, you remember the movie Top Gun? Uh, so, yeah, Catherine, you're too young. Um, how many remember the movie Top Gun? Right, Tom, Tom Cruise, right? Maverick and Goose, right? Okay, so they, a, a second one is coming out. I'm praying they don't redo the volleyball scene because I just, I don't think he's got it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but Top Gun 2 is coming out. And if, if you remember that movie at all, um, there's two songs in that movie that stick out to me. One is Danger Zone, right? You know, Danger Zone. But there is another one that sticks out to me. And it sticks out to me because uh, when I, about that time I, I got saved, I, I got into a college group of friends. And, uh, and I love, you know the song I'm, think, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, right? It's in the bar, the pickup scene, where, where they, they place a bet. And Goose says to him, okay, here's the deal. You've got to find a girl, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and he says, oh, that, that's fine, Goose. But you know what? I think, I think she's lost that. 
I think she's lost it. And he goes, oh, I, I hate it when she does that. Right? He says, I think she's lost that love and feeling. He's like, I hate it when she does. And then Maverick walks up to the girl at the bar and says, you never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. Guys, help me out. You're trying hard not to show it. Baby, but baby, believe me, I know it. You lost that. Okay, guys, yeah, 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 somebody, I need some help here, right? Men, you're supposed to come. So um, here's the embarrassing truth of uh, being a part of my life. Um, we would be out with our college friends in Chili's uh, or something, and I would say to a guy next to me, I think she's, I think she's lost that love and feeling. And they, would, and they would go, man, I hate it when she does that. And I would be like, you never close, and just publicly embarrass the fire out of my wife. Um, really, really awesome. Really, really awesome. So um, now I, I took that whole rabbit trail to get to this point. Okay? Follow me. We're getting there. All up. It makes sense here. It makes sense here. Okay? Listen, I think when it comes to God, that song rings a lot of truth for us. I think many of us have lost that loving feeling when it comes to God. And what I'm talking about is, I'm I'm talking about that Revelation chapter 2, first love kind of thing. I think we've lost it. And I, now I, I think we profess it. We say, like, that's my greatest gain. That's the most important thing. We say, like, yeah, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. We tell people that we love God. But the truth is that the passion for God, the loving feeling for God, really doesn't exist the way that it once did. Do you follow me? Am I speaking to anybody this morning, just myself? That's fine. I'll preach to me. See, so, so we're, we're called to love God with everything that we are, with everything that we have, that, you know, and, and yet so often, man, we have lost that loving feeling. And the truth is that we need to regain that. And what I'm going to say to you, if you're here this morning, that's how you feel, is guess what? You are not alone. In fact, if we were going to be honest in the room, which would be crazy in church for people to be honest, I, I would submit to you that many of us gathered here this morning feel that exact way, that we don't love God like we ought to. And what I'm going to submit to you this morning is that maybe our problem is a lack of pause. That we don't ever stop to admire and to respond to the affection of God. That we don't ever stop and think about his love for us or our love for him. We don't ever stop in the midst of our busyness and craziness just to focus on him. I want you to listen to this quote. It's, it's long. It takes up three slides. But it's by a guy, uh, an English minister named Maurice Roberts, and he's talking about the benefits of spiritual journaling. So this is what it says. It says, A spiritual diary will tend to deepen and sanctify the emotional life of a child of God. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to go counterculture today. We live in a culture today that's telling you that when it comes to God, emotion is wrong somehow. That's all just supposed to be of your mind. That's, that's, I, I'll go with poppycock. Um, I can get that one out in church. That's trash. That's junk. Okay, that's not true. We're supposed to love God with everything that we are, right? With all of your heart, that's emotion. With all of your mind, yes, my mind, yes, theology, but all of my heart too, okay? And so listen, he says, the spiritual diary will tend to deepen and sanctify the emotional life of a child of God. He says, there is great value to us becoming more deeply emotional over the great issues of our faith. Check this out. He says, our age is not deep enough in feelings. 
Biblical men are depicted as weeping copious amounts of tears, as, as sighing and groaning, as on occasion rejoicing with ecstasy. They were ravished by the very idea of God. They, they had a passion for Jesus Christ, for his person, for his office, for his names, for his titles, for his words, for his works. And it is to our shame to be so cold and unfeeling, unemotional in spite of all that God has done for us and, and, and to us in Christ Jesus. Whew. What I'm saying to you is I think that this can help. Okay? That if you're here today and you have lost that loving feeling towards God, that I, I, I believe, I, in my life, this has played out as a great benefit. Okay? Okay, last thing I want to share with you, okay? Is this. Journaling can help us extend our prayer time and focus our thoughts on God. Extend our prayer time and focus our thoughts on God. So we, um, we've been walking through the series covering a lot of stuff. Uh, we, we talked about Bible intake and the, the need to take in Scripture, but then we also talked about we've got to linger longer because the two-second rule, you read one verse every two seconds, and so when you read the, the Bible for a long period of time, you take in a mass amount of verses. At some point, you have to stop and you have to think about one or two of those verses or maybe a paragraph of those verses, and you, it has to become meaningful to you. That was meditation. And then we began to talk about prayer. And we said, we are going to become a church of people that pray because when we read the scriptures, the people that pray, God shows up. And we don't want to be people that go out in the world and try to do things in our own power. We want to be people that walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and see God transform lives. That's who we want to be, right? And so as a church, we're going to become a praying church. We're going to, we're going to shake people up. And we're going to start here with not praying much, and we're going to move to that biblical call to pray without ceasing. And you guys have been practicing prayer in your own life, right? Amen? Amen? You guys practicing? Okay, awesome. But if you're like me at all, your mind takes little rabbit trails. Right? So the more you try to pray, say, okay, man, that's it. Today I'm praying for 10 minutes. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. And the first 90 seconds, you are killing it. <laughs> killing it. Man, I tell you what, I think everybody's getting saved today. <laughs> right, whoo! Man, me and Jesus, we're getting after it. And I get, get about a minute and a half, about two and a half minutes in, and I'm like, whoo, what about, it's kind of warm in here. Man, I need some. I mean, and, and the mind just begins to wander. I call it spiritual ADD. Okay? I mean it. We, we, we just, we're all over the map. We're, we're, we're multitaskers in such a way that it happens with God. And um, so here's one of the benefits of prayer, okay? So, so one, if you're one of those people who say, I want to pray more often. I want to pray long. I want to get to the point that I pray without ceasing. Here's one of the beauties of journaling, okay? It extends your prayer time. And it extends your prayer time because it helps with your focus, Right? Most of the time when we say, I'm going to pray for 10 or 15 minutes or 20, I'm going to spend 20 minutes with the Lord, and we begin, our mind starts to wander, we just stop right there. Okay, well, I'm wasting my time, Lord, I'm wasting your time, I'm sorry, okay, amen, God bless you, I love you, I'll sing a worship song, and we're going to go on, okay? That's, that's how we are, that's how we operate. But here's the cool, when, when you journal, when you take pen and put it to paper, a couple things happen. One, you're so focused on what's going on on that page it, it like, it, it just, it, I don't know, it just works on the ADD. It just does, the spiritual ADD. And, and, and two, if your mind does wander, or if somebody interrupts, that's usually my problem. Somebody interrupts. I'm like, oh, this is good. Me and Jesus said, Daddy! <laughs> Pastor, would you take this phone call? I'd be in the middle with... Yes. Here's what you, you get to go back and read the last three lines, and you're right back there. So, so in that focus... 
man, you don't, you don't feel like, oh, I'm so undisciplined. I'm such a failure. I, I don't know about you. Sometimes I've tried to pray. I mean, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. And I feel like such a failure because after two minutes, my mind's wandering, right? You don't have to feel like a failure. Journaling helps you focus that, helps you channel that, okay? That's one of the great benefits of journaling, all right? We're going to turn to one last place. Uh, I think we're going to turn to one last place. No, we're not going to turn to one last place. It's okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Proverbs 4. Let's do it anyway. Proverbs chapter 4. By the way, I hope you guys are nice and comfortable with the air. Our air up here is not working, and it's awesome. Um, loving it. Loving it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20. I'm going to read through 27. This is Solomon speaking, okay? And uh, he says this. He says, My son, pay attention to my words and listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it's the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead, carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or the left, keep your feet away from evil. And I just walk you through this, how how journaling may help us, how it may be a tool for this. It helps us focus and not lose sight of God, verse 21. It says, don't lose sight of these things. Journaling helps us focus, right? Uh, it can help guard our hearts as we become aware of the, our innermost thoughts. It's one of the things that happens as we begin to pour out our hearts to God. We, we, he reveals to us what's really going on in our hearts there. In verse 23, it says, guard your heart above all else, right? It also helps us look ahead and, and carefully consider the path that God has placed us on. That's verse 25 and 26. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet. Journaling is a tool to help with those things. So I'm going to give you uh, this uh, little bit of application, and then we're going to practice what we preach here. So uh, three things real quick. Number one, keep it simple. There's three S's you need to remember. First one here is simple. You got to keep it simple, okay? Uh, how many of you have a tendency to like rules uh, and religion and, and like you're just that person? You, I'm going to ABC, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the time. I'm gonna, okay, so I'm going to speak to you, I'm going to speak to your hearts, I want to bless you. When I say keep it simple, uh, I mean journaling is literally writing to God how you feel in your heart, how you feel about him, how you feel about yourself, what's going on in life. It's just that simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay, uh, don't, uh, by the way, the, some of the best people in the history of mankind that have kept journals, they miss days, okay? So journaling is not, for those of you religious folks, it does not mean that if you miss a day because life overwhelmed you, because you got the flu, because your kids are sick, that you have to go back and make up five days because you will never journal again. You'll do it for three days, you'll get behind, you'll be like, well, I'm so far behind, I can't catch up. It's not about catching, it's about where you are today, okay? So I'm saying keep it simple, don't, don't overburden yourself with rules. All kinds of things can happen in a journal, we'll talk about some of those in a second, but so keep it simple, number one. Number two, um, keep it sincere, okay? That's the second S word, it got to be sincere. Honesty is the key. You've got to be brutally honest, straightforward with God. Um, you, you think, think about if you're struggling with honesty, go back and read David or Jeremiah. Like they just don't hold anything back from God. God, this is where I am. God, this is how I feel. God, this is who you are. Um, come be this in my life. You know, whatever. Just be completely honest about what you need um, and where you are and what you need from God, okay? Three. Three. This is going to seem weird because I told you that it helps with focus, but I'm going to explain this, okay? Uh, you need to let the Holy Spirit shift your focus, 
Okay. Now, a journal can be used for a lot of things. Um, some people will bring it with them everywhere they go. So it's always with their Bible. So uh, you can use it with devotion life. You can use it for prayer life. Um, you can use it to record, hey, I was out today and God did something really cool and I'm just going to jot down this event. You can have multiple entries in one day. That's totally cool. Okay. So, so just keep it with you. So you can use it for a lot of things. There are two primary ways that I use mine. Now, this isn't gospel. I'm just telling you um, how, how I use this tool. Okay. The first way is I use it in my devotional life. Okay. And so in, in that, that means that when I read the Bible and I try to keep my journal with me, and when those verses stand out to me, and so I read, you know, a chapter or whatever, and this verse stood out, and I'm going to meditate on that verse, I write down the verse I'm going to meditate on, and then I, I write out those meditations to God. God, I'm thinking about this verse. This is what I think this means. This is how I believe this applies to my life. So, so I begin with God, um, but here's the thing that always happens. When I do that, and when I start with God, and I start with his word, I feel like the Holy Spirit then always brings it back to me. Okay, so he shifts my focus. So I began just focus on God and focus on his word. And by the, by the time I'm done, the Holy Spirit is going, yeah, and this is what you need to do because of that word. Does that make sense? So it's a shift. It's like I started just with the word of God and now it's focused on how I need to implement change in my life or what I need to confess or what I need to think about today. And so you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to bring that shift. Now, the other primary way that I use my journal is prayer. Um, and, and, and that means sometimes it's not devotion, it's just prayer. And I began, like, hey, God, it's me. And I'm struggling, and I'm overwhelmed, and, and, and I feel like I'm overworked, and, and I feel like things are falling apart. God, I'm just being honest, and here's where I am. I'm struggling with this thought of inheritance, and what does that look like from, from your perspective? And God, I'm gonna, I pray that you speak. So it, it starts kind of almost self-centered, like it's just about where I am in life and my struggles. And we read that in the Psalms, that that's okay, because David's like, God, I feel surrounded by the enemy. I feel like they're, they're encamping around me. I feel like there's nothing. I can do that will save me, God. I, I, I need you to come and rescue me. I feel like I've been in this pit for a long time, Lord. And it's just this gut honest prayer to God about where you are. And here's the thing that happens for me when I'm there and I'm praying that way. Then, then, then by the end of it, again, the Holy Spirit shifts my focus from me to Him. And, and now all of a sudden I'm clinging to a promise of God. And so I began just talking about my need, but I end up with, with, with a promise like, But God, I know that you are the God that never leaves me or forsakes me. I know that though I'm in the pit and though I feel that I'm alone, I know that I'm not alone. I know that you're here. I know that you're the God that chose to step out of heaven and come and suffer in my place so that I could have eternal life. Thank you, God. And it's a, it's a wow, right? It's this transformational. I began with where I am and with my struggles and God and his Holy Spirit reminded me of who he is and I was transformed in that moment. Do you see what I'm saying? So you've got to keep it simple. Okay, you've got to keep it simple. It's got to be heartfelt. It's got to be sincere. And then you've got to let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you, okay? That's not chasing every rabbit. But it's saying if I start with Scripture, maybe it's going to end with me. If I start with me, maybe it's going to end with him. All right? Those are the things that we're going to do. Now, so uh, we've been practicing what we preach around here, which makes people uncomfortable. And uh, so we're going to get uncomfortable again. Uh, this morning. Uh, Catherine, what did you do with all those pins? Did you bring them? Oh, they're up here. Okay, so um, here's the deal. We have, pe- we have pins in the pew rack in front of you. Many of you have pins, but if you don't have pins, we have them here. Um, you can just leave them there, Catherine. They can come get them if they don't have... Just throw them at the kids. Just throw them at the children. Um, it's, it's okay. Uh, so, okay, let me repeat this. If you don't have one, you can get up in a second because I'm going to give you time to spread out. Uh, so here's what we're going to do this morning. I know it's weird. I know it's different, but Jacob is going to come and he's going to play for us in a second. I'm going to pray for you. And what you're going to do is remember, we're talking about prayer. 
And so what we've been doing here the last several weeks, we, we prayed together as a church. Uh, last week we had intercessory prayer up here. Um, this morning you're going you're gonna to continue in prayer through journaling. You're going to write down your request before God. You're going to start where you are. Lord, here's where I am. This is what I'm struggling with. Pray for your own life. Pray for your kids. Pray for your spouse. Pray for the church. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart. But you're going to be brutally honest with him. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then you are going to move, okay? Um, so, so it is really hard to journal. Um, I'm just going to pick on Ryan because you're right here, and that's really cute, you and Tiff. It's awesome. Um, and that's very sweet, right? But you're not going to be able to journal with your arm around her. So you're going to have to move. And uh, so uh, students, feel free. You can sit on the floor. You can move out anywhere. Just like, I want you to get, it, like, find a little bit of space. Um, by the way, this, this is not like a sixth grade math test. You can't look over somebody's shoulder and write down what they write. That doesn't count. That's not honest. And so you're going to be honest, just you and God, about where you are, about what you need him to be. And if he brings some promise to mind, you'll claim that, okay? Um, but that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to pray for us real quick, uh, that the Holy Spirit would be with us, that he would guide us during this time of prayer as we practice the habit of journaling, and then we're going to get before the Lord and we're going to do that. Everybody got it? This is yes. Okay, we got it. We got it. By the way, if you've got a kid, um, you can give them a journal and say, draw me pretty pictures. Mommy or daddy is going to spend time talking to Jesus in prayer, okay? And that's totally fine. They can take it. They can be their picture book. They can draw a picture about God. It'll be great. They can tell you about it after church, okay? Father, um, be with us. Meet with us right now. Holy Spirit, by your power and your presence, would you guide us? Would you allow us to be honest about where we are in life, about what we need, about what our biggest hopes and dreams are um, in, in, in you, Lord Jesus, for some of our students that just got back from camp, um, Lord, maybe, maybe what they want more than anything else is they want this to last. God, they just want effectual change to last. They, they don't want to be the same person, Lord. Maybe somebody walked through the doors and it's just a hurt that is just so overwhelming. They, just get, they feel like they can't get past it. It's just this hurt and, and it's just constantly there and they just need to come before you and they need to talk to you about it right now, God. God, I hurt. Maybe somebody feels like there's no place to turn, like they're, they're surrounded. They have no friends. Again, just cry out to you, Lord. I pray you'd help them, teach them to cry out to you. And just let us be brutally honest in this moment with you. Um, in your name, we ask all these things. Amen.